I'm Jordan Strack from WTOL 11, and I am inside the hive. Wow, that was probably the cleanest intro we've ever had. Thank well, listen, I, I would hope so. I mean, oh I get gosh. paid to do this for a living, so I, I better fantastic. be able to say that, right? You know, Joel, I think that's something that we can model after <laughs> if we somehow get to some sort of that level. Absolutely. I mean, holy smokes. You'll get there. you got yeah. plenty of time. Welcome in here, guys, to uh, episode 15 of Inside the Hive. Joel and I are excited to welcome on one of our, our more famous guests, Mr. Jordan Strack. Thank you uh, for coming on tonight. Uh, also, another thing here, we're starting a new sponsorship and partnership with Sideline Sports Eatery. That is where we are recording from live tonight in their new Perrysburg location at 136 West South Boundary. They're locally owned and operated and are excited to be serving the Perrysburg community. Thank you, Sidelines, for all you do. Thank you, Sidelines. All right, Jordan, could you... Oh, he's already slinging product. He's good at it, too. Like, this, mean, Listen, you, if you can sling product, you can read ads, you, you, you got this thing down. <laughs> I mean, it's money. We're oh. good. We're Thanks. good. All this right, is, Jordan. Could you all right. tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Yeah. So uh, I, that's it's a it's very broad, and I can probably go forever talking about myself. Um, but no, I'm so I am born and raised in Northwest Ohio. Uh, I, I started doing uh, the TV thing when I was uh, literally a freshman in college. I was 18 years old at BGSU. I had just graduated from Maumee High School. And I got into TV working for BCSN at the time. Uh, BCSN wasn't even on the air back then uh, when I first started. We literally had like training days to teach us about TV. And then they kind of threw us to the wolves and they said, listen, uh, go out and just do TV. And we said, all right, let's figure it out. Uh, and we did. We, you know, we did. And it was, it was ugly at times, but it was also an amazing learning experience. And I'm so fortunate. And then uh, graduated from BGSU in 2008. And WTOL came to me and they said, listen, you know, we've seen some of your stuff on BCSN. Are, do you want a job? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, I, I, to this day, I, I'm so fortunate. I have, I've, never made, I've never made a resume. I've never applied for a job. I've just kind of been right place, right time, work hard, and uh, had people recognize the work. And I, I've been very, very fortunate. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. It's really cool. So what were, uh, obviously, at WTL 11, you do a lot with their uh, sports directing. Um, yep. What were some of your favorite sports memories growing up? Yeah, so, I, I mean, I, I've got a, a billion. Um, so, uh, first, personally, my, I, um, I, I played hockey in, in high school, and I played hockey my whole life. I mean, I, I grew up at the rink uh, since I was five years old. I've been skating and um, loved hockey my whole life. And then uh, I actually got into bowling uh, later in life, and so not a well-known fact here, guys. Mm. Uh, I actually I won an Ohio State tournament in bowling when I was 14. Oh, my. Oh and my uh, it was the Coca-Cola tournament. Won the, I went down to Columbus, won the state tournament, and then they flew me out to Reno, Nevada, and I bowled in the international finals out in uh, Reno, Whoa. Nevada, and I finished, like, 38th in the world or something like that oh that year. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so that was like the coolest, like personal sports thing I ever did. Uh, it was like, it was one of those things. Like, have you ever seen the movie Kingpin? Mm-mm. No, you, you guys are probably have. too young. You're old enough yet. Yeah. So young guys, the movie Kingpin. Bill Murray was in it. Uh, hilarious. Okay. Absolutely hilarious right. movie. Check it out if you guys get a chance. Um, so the movie, the the bowling alley that they're in at the end of the at the end of the movie, the National Ball, Bowling uh, Hall of Fame Stadium, is where we actually went and pulled in. In wow. Reno, uh, so it was it was an amazing experience. One of the cool, it was the most nerve wracking thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was really really exciting. So that's personally that's like the coolest thing I've ever done. Um, and then obviously all the hockey stuff. I, I loved every single minute of that. That's 
Like those are things that you know when when older people tell you like, you know, uh, soak in the moments while you're in high school. You'll you, you can't get them back. You'll you'll remember them forever. Like that's it's real. It's true. I I. I I miss those days so much. I can remember the last time I ever played hockey in an actual game that mattered was against St. John's my senior year. We lost 2 nothing in the state playoffs. Uh, the place was packed. We had recruited, like, every student in the school to come out. Like, we begged them. Said, listen, please, mm-hmm. we're begging you to come out. Hockey wasn't, you know, super huge, but it was, still, yeah. it was pretty good. We lost St. John's 2 nothing, and I had a breakaway. Shot it over the net. Uh, the goalie for St. John's was uh, John Landry, who I played with growing up, so I, I knew mm-hmm. him really well. I tried to pick a corner, and I screwed it up. It was terrible. But uh, I still remember – I can remember little parts of the game. Outside of that, some of my favorite sports memories um, – I, I mean, I, I would go to Mud Hens games as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I lived in Maumee, so we'd ride our bikes – South Toledo, Maumee. I, we'd ride our bikes yeah. up there at Ned Skeldon Stadium back in the day. So there was, like, this outfield wall that was just made of wood, mm-hmm. okay? It wasn't like Fifth Third Field where it's, like – you know, locked down. Mm-hmm. So we we would ride our bikes. We'd stash them out back behind Ned Skelton Stadium. We just throw them off in the corner. Literally, we, there was like a, there was a wood board. We we knew that we could push across. We literally <laughs> move the board. We'd all sneak in, and we'd all run it and scatter. And we all said, "Listen, bottom of the first inning, we'll all meet back at this point." So we that mm-hmm. way that if one of us got caught, not all of us could get would get caught. <laughs> Don't tell anybody this story. Uh, uh-huh. We'd we'd all run in, scatter, and then we'd all meet back bottom of the first inning, uh, mm-hmm. and we'd sit and we'd we'd watch Mud Hens games all the time. That's kind of where I, I grew up and fell in love. And then going to Toledo Storm games at the sports arena mm-hmm. with my dad. Um, that was the hockey team before the walleye. Um, I would sit up in the stands and I would literally announce games as like a ten year old up in the stands and. I just learned that I had like this innate weird ability to memorize rosters and stats and facts, and um, it was it was crazy. That, those, but those are like my core memories as a kid of where sports started for me, where broadcasting started for me. Um, but yeah, those are just like some of my my biggest things now, that you, I remember. You mentioned bowling in that what, international yeah. tournament. Yeah, it was it was the Coca Cola tournament. Uh, <laughs> I, it was so funny because, like, I was just okay. Like, I, I thought I was good. Yeah. What did you it, have to bowl? So, like, to get there, yeah. Like, yeah how did so, we get there? Yeah, so I was – I had started to get a little bit better and a little bit better, and this is only, like, my second or third year of bowling. My right. dad was really, really good. Okay, all right. Um, so bowling was kind of – it was kind of, you know, something I'd always be done for fun. But mm-hmm. – uh, <laughs> and I kind of got good, and I had gotten really hot at the right time. And I had just – I got through districts at the gla- – we were at the Glass Bowl, Glass Bowl Lanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I got through districts and I was like, all right, I was pretty good. I went out to Columbus with zero expectations. I was like, I mean, come on, like, what are the chances? Yeah. And uh, my dad's friend lived in Columbus at the time, and he came and he kind of helped me. He's like, hey, listen, like here, I know these lanes, I know this place, and he helped me a little bit, kind of, you know, some tricks and tips and things like that. And I was like, we got like towards the end of the day, and I was like, uh, I think I bowled pretty pretty well, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like you have no idea, like there's no, it's not like there's a scoreboard with everybody, like what they're doing at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I, I feel like I did pretty well. Like I know I definitely beat everybody on our pair. We had to wait till literally the next day. This oh is how God. long ago it was, because it's not like technology today yeah. where everything was just uploaded right away. And you know I'm checking my phone to see what I did. You, know, you, you didn't have that, so I had to wait till the next day, and finally got a call like, "Hey, you actually won the whole thing." <laughs> I was like. <laughs> What? <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, listen, we're gonna fly you and uh, you and one of your parents gets to go out, uh, fly free out to Reno, 
Um, anybody else wants to join, obviously you can. Um, but you get to go out and do this. And, like, we got out there, and they treated us like rock stars. Like, you had a photo shoot that you had to be at one day. Um, it was, like, the most <laughs> photo abs- shoot. Literally. Oh it was the most absurd thing, and it was incredible. It was the, the, just the coolest experience. And then you walk into this place, and, like, so there's, there's the lanes there, mm-hmm. and then there's, like, stands, actually, back in this place, back behind you. Like, huge stands. And... I mean, it was scary. Like it was like yeah. nerve wracking. You know what I mean? Like we would, I, I, we'd go out there and we'd do it, and it was fun. And um, I finished. I, think I ended up finishing like thirty eighth. I think is not for some reason the number sticking in my head. Um, but thirty eighth in the world, I thought was pretty kind of. It was kind of cool. There were people from all over. I mean, literally all over the world. There, it was. It was neat. I thought it was kind of cool. So yeah, that is yeah. outstanding. I never. I would never have. Yeah, nobody. About nobody that. ever. Oh nobody ever thinks about that. Yeah, it's. It's funny. That is crazy. All right, Jordan, you had recently uh, received the Distinguished Alumni Award from Maumee High School. What does that mean for you? Yeah, no, it's special. And I don't know, I mean, we're allowed to talk about Maumee on this podcast. Course, you, guys yes. are okay, you guys are okay with that, right? Yeah, like, we're, yeah, yeah. We're allowed, okay, I didn't know, like, if, like, people were going to come in and start throwing stuff at me or how this worked <laughs> if we start talking Maumee here. Uh, no, it's unbelievably special, honestly. Um, so they surprised me on air and told me about it. And I actually have to go, I'm going this weekend to get the, uh, get the award. And I, you know, you don't think about stuff like that. Like, it's not like a, yeah, it's not some like goal you set out for yourself or whatever. Like it's, and they surprised me on air with it. And I was like blown away because it wasn't even something I had thought about or whatever. And like, if you go back and I I went back and I looked at like the history of all the people that have won the distinguished alumni award from all me, they're all like class of 75 class of 80. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, yeah, I'm Oh three. I'm one of the younger ones that's ever gotten this. So it's, it's special. Like, it's really cool because Growing up in Maumee, and you guys can, can relate to this, it's such mm-hmm. a tight-knit, fun, cool community. Um, I mean, we, I, you knew, everybody knew everybody. Um, and it, it was just, it was such a, it's such a fun family atmosphere in Maumee, and it always has been, always will be in my mind. It's a special place, and I, I love, I love Maumee. Um, I, my daughter actually goes to Anthony Wayne schools now. We live out in Waterville. But Maumee will always forever be home. I, I love that place. It's just uh, it's a really cool spot, and I, I'm very glad that my parents moved there when I was five years old because I was able to go through there. And you know, I grew up playing Maumee Little League and doing all those things, and uh, my brothers did as well. So yeah, it, it's very special. I, I was very appreciative for them uh, of them for doing that. Now, speaking of Maumee schools, what were some of your favorite teachers growing up throughout your time? Yeah, at so. Uh, I had a lot. Of, I had a lot of really uh, important teachers in my life. I, the one I always go back to, and this is something you probably, you guys, again, I'm going to probably shock you here with this thing too. Uh, so I was in our select choir in high school. So it, you know, like ten guys, ten girls. Like you've seen the show Glee or whatever. Uh, it was basically that, like dance, sing. We would travel around uh, competitions and things like that. So uh, Amy Gorman was our choir teacher in Maumee, and that lady is. I mean, she's she was a game changer for me. She's so she was so cool and so special uh, because she just you know she cared about us like as humans. She didn't I mean like if you could sing like whatever, she didn't care. It was more about like bringing a bunch of different people from all different abilities and walks of life together, uh, and we'd meet in the choir room and sing. So she was really really cool. I loved her. Uh, our woods teacher at Maumee, uh Mr. Pomodoro, that guy was the best. This dude, he understood. So, we would have hockey practices legitimately on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. 
till after midnight. Like we were on the ice till after midnight yeah. because that's just that's when, when you could get on the ice. ice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what we had to do. So we would get, I mean, we'd be getting home at 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. We'd have to get up the next day, be at school at 7.45. We were exhausted during hockey season. Like it was, it was no joke. Like we were mm-hmm. exhausted. And he, w- I, I remember my senior year, I had P and I, I he's not getting in trouble for this now because he's retired. He doesn't give a, he doesn't, he doesn't care. <laughs> I can't catch myself there. Uh, he doesn't care. <laughs> so P was like, we'd come in and I, I mean, I'd be so groggy in the morning at 7.45 and I'd like, we'd be in woods and I'd be like, hey P, I'm going to just go over here and take a nap. Like, All right, go ahead. Do what you got to do. As long as you get your stuff done, I don't care what you do. And that guy saved me my senior year. So I was very, very thankful uh, that he, w- he hooked me up and helped me out. Uh, and then another one, there's so many of them. And I, I feel like I'm gonna miss somebody, and I hope they're not watching this. You guys all good? Everybody's happy? Oh yeah, yeah. It looks, oh, it looks fantastic. Nice, good. For, yeah, that's great. These waffle flight. The oh fries. yeah, always producing good food. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then one other one, I, I have to shout, Mrs. Cameron. She was the best. Um, loved her. Um, she, we we gave her a lot of grief, and she put up with a lot of stuff from us. So God love her. She was the best. No, feel free. Eat while you guys eat. Crunch oh, those. Welcome to ASMR. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Like, listen, man, you're trying to draw. <laughs> Sidelines wants to draw people in. Crunch a French fry. They see that. They're going to want to come in. It's fine. The waffle fries? Oh, yeah. Geez. Everything's fine. The waffle fries and sidelines, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, are fantastic. Great. But So, obviously, Jordan, you're well known for your uh, productions of Big Board Friday. Can you talk to us a little bit about what goes on behind the scenes to produce that successful show? Yeah. So, uh Big board's actually one of the, the coolest things. Like I, so I grew up as a kid um, watching Big Board Friday, and I loved, I loved Big Board. I, I can remember in high school, like we would we'd see the you know you'd see the camera guy from Channel Eleven walk by, and you're yelling at him like, "Hey, put us on TV, put us on TV," and like that's you know that's just what you did. And then you'd like after the games, you'd run home because you wanted to see if maybe you made it on TV, and mm-hmm. you'd want to watch the highlights from, you know, it wasn't. Again, I'm dating myself, but it wasn't like like now where you get every single score on Twitter right away. You know exactly what happened. Like we would have to go home and watch Big Board Friday to be able to know what happened around the area. Like if you want to know what else happened in the NLL, like what the other schools did, like you'd have to go watch Big Board Friday. You'd watch the ticker come across, and then you'd wait for the highlights to pop up. And like that's what we all did on Friday nights. Like you, you know, you'd hit up Taco Bell, and then you'd go over to somebody's house and you'd watch Big Board Friday. Like that was that was what you did, and. Um, a couple years ago when I, I got the promotion and, you know, Dan Cummins decided he wanted to, to focus on news and step away. Um, I, it was like a, it was kind of a surreal moment. I, you know, I, I think I cried when I first found out that like, you know, there's like the sports open and it says, uh, and now here's the host, Jordan Strack. And I'm like, holy crap. Like that's how, they're actually going to be like saying my name on this show that I've grown up watching forever. Um, and it's a surreal moment for me. Um, to get back to your question now that I have grandstanded. So there's a lot that goes into it. Like, So our preparation for this week has already begun mm-hmm. because I have to go make the schedule for – so this year we've got seven shooters. Um, during football season we normally have eight or nine. Okay. Uh, basketball we have like six or seven on most weeks. So I have to go through basically – and what I'll do is I'll write out – all the NLL games, all the track games, all the City League games, NBC, NWOAL, TAC, SBC, BVC. There are a ton of high schools in our area that, w- that watch Channel 11. Oh, my goodness. I mean, hundreds. Mm-hmm. So I have to go through, and then I, and then I have to 
the the hardest part of the job is literally saying, okay, what are the biggest games that have the most impact, impact yeah. across our area? And then I have to whittle it down to like fifteen or sixteen. And so like it's and then and then my favorite part is that I get to take the puzzle. So so what I'll do is I'll write down, okay, I have to get this many games. Yeah. Okay. And so then I have to look at I have to do the puzzle of every single person on our staff generally, so the seven, eight, nine, whatever shooters we have, they all generally get two games yeah. every single Friday. Some and now with basketball it's a little easier to get because um and that's why I have less is because like mm-hmm. you know, like the NL does boys, girls, doubleheaders, so I can have I can have one person get two girls games and two boys games because they can go six to six twenty at one spot, six forty five to seven the next spot. Uh, and what I try to do is I'll, I'll like kind of lay it, have my phone out, and I'll be like, okay, driving. And now I've done it so long that I kind of know basically it's almost pathetic that I can like nail down exact How time far, that it's yeah. going to take to get from Perrysburg to Balmy or, where, you know, to get. Mm-hmm. And so I have to like, I have to take those 16 and then say, okay, now I have to pair them up so that each person can get two games comfortably. And I try to make sure. It's always I try to keep it under like eighteen minutes because I don't want too much drive time. It's just gonna right, get yeah. too, be hard, too hard. So eighteen is kind of my magic number of where I can I can do it and still get what we need. So it's but it's fun. Like and there's you know each person goes out they shoot their two games and you know yeah they they don't spend a ton of time at each game especially basketball. Basketball is mm-hmm. a little bit easier because you can say in basketball generally speaking a basket's a basket's a basket right. Mm-hmm. In football, like you want touchdowns, you want yeah, highlights, action. Yeah. So you have to be at a football game longer than you have to be at a basketball game, and then we have to come back, and each person will edit it, and then they will write the highlights for me, and then I will go on the air. Generally speaking, I have never seen what they edited or what they wrote until I'm on air live for the first time. That's oh jeez. So I'm basically reading cold like 14 games every single Friday night. So it's like... That's nerve-wracking in itself. Yeah, oh, so geez. it's like I have to... I, I'm basically hoping that my guys, girls, whoever's out shooting, hopefully they, you know, have done it right. And, and I trust them all, and they've been doing... Most of them, I have a good core group right now that's been with me for a while. They know exactly what to do, and hope that they... Uh, hope they, they don't leave me out to dry with... <laughs> and, and sometimes, you know, there'll be a name where... Like, so we do the show on Fox first, Fox 36 first, and then we do it on, on WTOL. Yeah. So on Fox 36, like, there will be a couple times where I'm, I butcher a name. And then I go back afterwards. I'm like, guys, what was that name? <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, we'll get it right for the next one. <laughs> so the 11 is always cleaner than the 10 is, always. It's just kind of how it is because I've done it once. And, uh, and I do like having that, the ability to, to have, have one show to run through at once. So, but it's a fun show. It's an amazing show, and um, I love doing it. So you're obviously very busy with that. What does, like, a typical day in the life of Jordan Strack look like? <laughs> God, I feel like I, I should make a TikTok right now. You know, like, a, get ready with, with me. me. Yeah, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm trying to see that. That's, you know, like, mm-hmm. young kids. I'm not too old, okay? I can still I still know what's going on. Uh, no, so, like, today, for example, is kind of a, not a typical day. So this morning mm-hmm. I was out at BGSU hockey practice at 10 a.m. because they were off the ice by 11, so I got – out to BGSU hockey practice day at 10 a.m. Uh, and then I ran home, ate lunch, and then I went over to UT women's basketball practice at 3.30. Got Trisha Cullip and a player because they play BG tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came into the station. We edited, wrote the show, and then I did the 6 o'clock newscast. Flew over here. 
I'm going to go back. I've got my guys uh, right now. One's over watching the is covering the UT game. They're playing Ohio right Ohio, now. Yeah. So he's over there shooting that. He'll come back, edit that, and then I'll go on and read the 10 and the 11 o'clock tonight. Today's a rare day where it's super long. Mm-hmm. My work day is generally generally speaking is like 2.30 to 11.30 or you know 3 to midnight-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like this job doesn't stop. Like, right, yeah. I mean, it, it just it, that's part of it, and I've I've learned over the years that like to be good at this thing, you have to be going all the time because I mean, listen, like news happens when it happens. It's it, that's just kind of how news works, and when you have a three person sports department, like there's only so much so much you can do. So, and I like to also make sure that when you know something happens, I I get it up on Twitter right away, or I get so people come to us for for news. Um, because I think that's, I just think that's important. So, yeah, and, and you know, like on weekends, like on this this weekend, I'll be planning for next week. Like that's just mm-hmm. kind of how it is. There's not really, and there's off days, but there's not really off days, <laughs> uh, complete full off days where I can just turn my brain off and not do it. I, I wish I could do it more. I, I just, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. I'm always going. Now, you mentioned like your uh, typical work day, like 2.30 to midnight. Have you started to like become more of like a late night person versus a morning person? I'm, I am not a morning person at all. Like... Getting up today, uh, it, like, to be out to BG at 10 a.m. was, that's a lot. Like, I know it sounds ridiculous. Listen. You sound like you're a high school kid. <laughs> I, like, literally, like, I'm, so, my, I, I mean, I don't go, I don't get to bed till like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the mm-hmm. morning. Like, that's just, I can't. Because, yeah. you know, you're winding down from your day when you get home at, mm-hmm. you know, after midnight. Um, and, you know, I've got a 25-minute drive home every night. And then I get yeah. home, and I'm like, you know, I, I inevitably eat something. And then I'm sitting up, and I want to. It's the only chance I get to catch up on my shows on Netflix or whatever. And that's so why I watch a quick show and I'm like, ah, oh, all right, one more. And then I'm like, you know, then you look at your phone. And it's like, Damn, it's two 30 in the morning. I right, go to bed. <laughs> so I go to bed and then I, I wake up. I, I try to be up every, I try every day. 10, 10 30. I try. I wish. Yeah. Wow. Like, listen, that it, sounds awesome. Yeah. Like I, it is what it is. I, I but like, you know, I, I have a different sleep schedule than everybody right, else. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the life. That was great. <laughs> Did not expect some of that, but that was very entertaining. Yeah, man. I think oh. most sports anchors, most of us in the TV business mm-hmm. network, night we call it night side. If you work, if you work yeah. that five, six, eleven o'clock show, it's night side. So most people that work night side will tell you something similar to that. Um, you know, I try to get up and go out on a walk. I don't have these cold mm-hmm. days, I don't. But I go get outside, try to go for a walk. Um, I do my best. Yeah. Now, on January 1st, the state of Ohio legalized sports betting. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of new bettors. What are your thoughts on this? I love it. I love it. I've got uh, – I, I think I grabbed the free money from every single app that was available. <laughs> um, I, no, I love it. I, I think it's um, – I, I know there's, there are obviously mixed opinions or whatever. To me, sports betting can be done responsibly. It can be done legally. And I think it's like it's it's going to have a huge impact on our industry mm-hmm. because it is like you're seeing. I mean, it's a, we're talking a multi-billion-dollar industry, and you're seeing now. I mean, ESPN's devoting entire shows to sports gambling. It has become a a. I mean, you can't even look at a game anymore without thinking. Like I'm watching last night. I'm like, Cowboys right, over under. That yeah, was a, like. Oh. I, you know, and my daughter looks at me last night and before before the Cowboys game. She goes, Dad, who do you got in your parlay tonight? And I'm like, oh, God. This, <laughs> like, all right. 
Maybe I need to slow down a little. Uh, <laughs> now she uh, she's eleven, and she I mean she has no idea what's going on. I don't think, but um, and I, I said to her, I go, I don't know what do you think, Cowboys tonight? Uh, she goes, well, I know the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, so I think they're going to win. I said, all right, that's cool. I go, they're going to win by three. She goes, yeah. I was like, all right, cool. And she won me money last night. It was great. Way to go. Are you kidding me? That's and that's what I've learned is that you know we, we got a guy at work who. He doesn't know. I'm talking. This guy doesn't know if a football is pumped or stuffed, right? <laughs> he has no clue. Doesn't care about sports at all. Not even like a little bit. Yeah. He started sports betting, and he's winning every night. It makes no sense to me. <laughs> I, I think I, I probably overthink it a little bit, but he, oh. this guy is just. It, it is so funny. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't care. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know a single team. Uh, but he keeps winning. But I, I to get back to the question at hand, I think as long as we're responsible and safe and smart about it, it's it's it can be really good. And and the other thing is, it, I mean, we're talking you're talking revenue for cities and the good things that it can do. Um, mm-hmm. That that's a big part of it. Like there's, I mean, there there is revenue that's going to help that can help cities, and I think that's why you're seeing it um, become legalized almost everywhere now. What's the uh, biggest bet streak you've had for winning? Uh, listen, I'm terrible. I'm terrible at it. Like so that, is Joel. That, that's yeah. what I. That's what I've learned. I, I have learned. I am not good at this. Like it's it's hard. But that's why Vegas has big shiny buildings. We're yeah. not supposed to like the house win. Yeah, like that's that's part of it. Like you, you know, this thing isn't set up for us to for us to all win every single time. Like that's not how that's not how this thing works. I wish it was. But you have to, I, I think, and I learn more every single day because I, you know, I, I only bet a little bit um, mm-hmm. when I would go out of town where it was legal or whatever. We went to the Bahamas last year to cover Toledo, and sports betting was legal in the Bahamas, so we'd go down to the sports book and, you know, you put 10 bucks down in a parlay. And that's a lot of what I've done is just, you know, parlays yeah, and sprinkle you know, five, $10 bets, and, you know, you win it and you throw a little back in and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's a. Uh, it, it can be fun too. Like it, you know, there's games that I don't care about that I care about now. Like that's, yeah, it does make sports a lot. Yeah, I, I think it makes it more interesting, and I bring it brings non-sports fans in, and um, I think there's a it can be a win-win. But sport like streaks, don't look to me. I'm, I, I got to get better at. It. I got to figure out. I got to figure out some uh, tips and tricks. Hopefully, I will soon. Joel has lost 25 in a row. 25, 25 straight bets. Wow, 25 yeah. straight bets. I'm like, sometimes he comes to me. I'm like, look. Here's what's here's what I think is going to happen. And sometimes yeah. I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. But Joel seems to always say, "All right, I got it. Hey, Here let, we go." Hey, hey, delete the apps. It's okay. Right, just, I'm going to. Just, just Tampa Bay money line last night was not. Joel goes, "All right, Bucks money line. Here we go. Yeah. Let's ride, boys." And I'm like, "Oh dear, not good." Yeah, that's How much it. Did they lose by? Yeah, just they got smoked last. I had a cool plus seventeen to points. Be fa- to be fair, I had Tampa Bay last night plus two and a half. I mean, here's my th- here, and I'm thinking. Come on, there's no way the GOAT's going to get yeah, embarrassed. Not a first round on Monday first. night football in the playoffs at home, he's 6-0 in his career against the Cowboys. The Cowboys have traditionally been terrible on grass, and I just didn't like the way the Cowboys played down the stretch that uh, was it, they lost to Washington, was it? It was terrible. I'm like, come on. Yeah. It's the Cowboys. They're going to fold the playoffs. No, my 11-year-old knew more than I did. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable, boys. I mean, I thought after every missed <laughs> extra point, I'm like, oh, Brady's got yeah. another possession. Here well, we all go. I kept thinking was every time he missed an extra point, I, I'm not going to hit the over because of this guy. Yeah, that like was. Brett, Brett Maher messing up the over last night. Yeah, that unbelievable. Was brutal. Does he still have a job? 
Yeah, he'll he, be kicking. This he week. does. Jerry Jones came out and said that uh, they will not be looking for a kicker this week. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to any kicker. Yeah, it, it's hard hard to bring him in in the post. Yeah, it's hard to bring somebody in the postseason for sure. So now, Jordan, we kind of hit on it a little bit, but as we look forward to this fall, the NHL is going to have a little bit of a different look to it. Yeah. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your thoughts on the league expansion and what you feel it means for the league? Yeah. So, I think, um, and I've had a lot of conversations with with Chuck Jaco mm-hmm. as this whole thing was going. Um, listen, Chuck Chuck was the master man. You you guys want yeah, the inside, Mister Jaco? Yeah, you guys want to get the uh, inside scoop on how everything went down. Get Jaco on here. Yeah. Yep. He's been on. Have you had Jaco oh, on? Yeah, okay. Good. Um, have you Have you guys seen his band? By the way, yes. Have you? Everybody knows about that, right? Oh yeah, the guy can the guy can go, man. He, he can play. Yeah, he's fun. Anyway, so I, I'm I'm kind of I've waffled back and forth on it. To be honest mm-hmm. with you, here's my here's my yeah. thing. As a mommy guy, I have watched them struggle, and I have seen that they're not able to compete in most sports anymore yeah. the way that we used to. Yeah. So from that point of view, yeah, I get it. I do. Do I wish they might? Do I wish they they would stick it out and maybe go in the small division and see what happens for a couple of years? Yeah, I probably would have liked to see that. But you have to understand that in everybody, the, the buzzword everybody throws around is that Maumee's landlocked. There's, and that's true. There, there's nowhere for Maumee to grow. Out here in Perrysburg, you guys can continue to mm-hmm. grow and keep getting bigger and all these things. Maumee, we didn't have that. We don't have that luxury. Like there's just nowhere else to go like they're building some apartments over by the mommy sports mall and we were talking you know drops in a bucket there it, it's hard like it's you're just not getting new bodies in there and and you know as families get older they're 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 not moving out because mommy is a great place to stay and live so some of the older families yeah. that have come through their kids have come through mommy they just stay and so there's not a whole bunch of houses to move into in mommy um so you know they weren't competing i think that the new nll is going to be Ultra competitive. I think it, there's going to be some really high-level athletics there. The other, the other part of this is that, you're, you know, the private schools were left out in this whole thing, and, and yeah. that's, that was a huge point of contention, I know. I personally, I love those matchups of Whitmer Central Catholic. Mm-hmm. I, would love, I would love to be able to watch Anthony Wayne and St. John's play and everything. I would love to watch... Central Catholic play Perrysburg. I I personally, as a sports fan, would love to see it. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to get to see some of that non, in non-league matchups. Uh, but it's not going to be the same. You know what I mean? It's just not. It's not the yeah. same buzz. But I I do think it's going to be incredible. I think I think the you know NL Commissioner Richard Brown and, and Chuck and and so many other people behind the scenes they did a really good job hashing this thing out. And I think it was well thought out. They they put a lot of work in. Trust me, those guys put in a ton of work to get this thing done. And I think it's going to be good. I, I think it's going to be good for a lot of people. Now, as the league expands and the Maumee Panthers exit the NLL, I've been very blessed and fortunate to have been a part of the uh, Maumee-Perrysburg football yeah. rivalry. Do you think that they should find a way to keep scheduling the ding-dong rivalry in a new non-conference game? I – yes and no. So here here's – I had one idea floated out to me. I, I heard somebody say that they would play for the bell in other sports. Mm. I don't want to see that. No. Personally, I, I don't want to see that. It was something that was floated out, and I heard that as an option, I said, I don't like that. It just doesn't, no. 
doesn't the, have the same the feel. The bell, the, you know, there's that feel. I can remember my like my junior or high school, freezing cold, and I'm in the first row of the student section, and nobody's wearing a shirt. We're all just dying out there, and it was a mud pit. And mommy won, and the first thing we did is we all ran onto the field in the rain and the net. And everybody's first thing they did is they ran to that bell. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can remember times where you know, mommy or Perrysburg has won, and they have walked the bell back across the bridge. And it, I mean, that's it's a special thing for for football. And I, I hope they don't. Do I want to see it non-conference? Maybe. I mean, it, it, listen, it wasn't that long ago. Mommy beat Perrysburg just a few years ago. Like, we're not yeah. talking, like, you know, it, we're, we're not talking the, the ice ages here. No, no, it, was, no. it was a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's doable. You got, What you guys have done out here, though, is is you guys have built up a into a power, and it's really – it will be hard for Mommy to compete for a long time. And we're not going to see the rivalry for a while. Eventually, I would love for there to be a way to get that thing back, so, to get that rivalry back somehow, some way. I don't know how, but I would love that. Um, as some of the listeners know, there's a massive uh, shortage of referees here in Ohio. Yeah. Would you mind telling us a little bit about how that has affected high school sports? And a little bit of what you do with TV and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I hate it. I, I hate what we've seen. I hate what, I mean, liter- literally just yesterday – there was a parent kicked out of a, a basketball game at Rossford. It was a one of the MLK games. I don't even know who was playing, but th- like and it wasn't Rossford playing. Probably St. Francis. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, there was a parent kicked out, and I, I'm just for yelling at a ref, and I, I'm like, listen, I get it. I get it. Like th- these are highly competitive games, and we're you know everybody wants to win. Nobody, trust me. There's nobody in this world. Maybe there. I don't know. That's more competitive. Me. I am as competitive as it gets. I have gotten mad. I have, but but the thought of, you know, I, I have coached my daughter's softball team, and I've coached a lot of youth sports. I mean, I coached uh, summer acme baseball at St. John's. I've so like I, I've seen it from a lot of different perspectives. I, I coached mommy little league. I you know we, I, I've done it, and I, I just can never imagine myself getting to a point where. Like, I'm going to get myself kicked out. Like, if I got mad at a ref or whatever, like, yeah. Or an ump, yeah. Of course. We all have. Like, it's what yeah. it and, and the thing is that referees and umpires, they understand that, too. That's the one thing that I think gets lost in this. The umpires and referees get it. They, yeah. they know how, how – because people put so much time and effort into this. Like, yeah, you should be passionate. But it can't get to a point where you're getting kicked out of a youth soccer game – or a high school basketball game because you have taken it so far at the refs. It can't, ha- it yeah. can't happen, period. Point blank, done. End of story. And we have to realize, like, I mean, I think back, like, some of my games, like, I don't remember a particular, you know, like, some game. And we're not going to, in 15 years, you're not going to remember those little things. You're going to remember, like, I remember more from high school about, like, the conversations in the locker room, the bus rides to practices and games. I remember those moments more than I remember of any game, ever. Like, mm-hmm. those are the things that I remember. So when you think of it from that perspective, maybe those moments that you're on the edge of screaming at a high school official who's making like 50 bucks a game as a side hustle, who quite frankly doesn't need to be there, and if they don't show up, you don't get to have that game. 
maybe if you think that way, maybe you know you can ease yourself out of those moments where you're just so mad. But yeah, like it's a problem. Like it's a real problem. I've talked to so many officials and and they're frustrated. They hate it too. Like these guys these guys love local sports. They do. They they love high school athletics. They love youth sports. That's I mean, they you know, they do you have like one or two that like like every once in a while like they want to be the show and they think like like yeah, there are. There's a couple of them. But the vast majority and I'm talking like 99% of them they're doing it because they love youth sports. They've had kids that have gone through. They went through. They're trying to get, you know, pass it back to the next generation. Like, those, they don't need that. Like, so, yeah, it's a problem. It's an issue, and it's a real one. Like, we are going to start seeing major, major issues if it doesn't get fixed. Like, it has to. You're going to start seeing football games. Like, this is next year, I can promise you, you're going to start seeing more football games played on Thursday nights because there's not enough officials. So there's going to be Thursday night football games. It's going to happen. Like it's that's that's a four. We saw a couple happen a couple times last year. It's going to happen even more next year because everybody wants to play on Fridays. You're not going to have enough officials, so you're going to have to put some games on Thursdays. That's just how it's going to have to be. Like that, it sucks, but it is what it is because that's what the point we've reached. So kind of switching here gears here to a little bit of college football. Yesterday, obviously, the news broke about Jim Harbaugh staying yeah. at the University of Michigan. Uh, what do you think about that uh, decision for him? So I don't think uh, I make it much of a secret on my <laughs> personal Twitter accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up a Michigan fan. I've been a Michigan fan my whole life. I, I, I do think, though, that I'm very fair. Like, I, I, yeah. give, I, I give Ohio State a ton of credit when it's due. I, you know, I'm, and, and I, you know, I, don't, I don't hate Ohio State. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want them to beat Michigan literally anything. But I don't. I mean, it, it is what it is. My, my listen. My paycheck is going to go through no matter who wins the game. Okay. Right. Like if I'm at the Michigan Ohio State game, my paycheck is going through no matter who wins. I want Michigan. I'm like, yeah. Like, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Last two years have been kind of cool. I've been, you know, I've been on the sidelines for every single game for over a decade, and like, like, yeah, I like it. So, uh, Jim Harbaugh is the most interesting, fascinating thing I've ever seen. Like this dude is mm-hmm. the most unique. I'm not going to call him weird. The most, but. the most unique individual I've I've ever seen. Like it is, it's so fascinating. Like the, like he listen, he wants to go back to the NFL. He does. Mm-hmm. He has flirted with it. I think he wants total control though. Yeah. Like he is a guy who he wants to be the GM. He wants to be the person in charge of player personnel. He wants to be the coach. He wants all of it. And he is having trouble finding an organization that is willing to agree to do that with him. That's why he hasn't left yet. Is part of it also that he's leveraging these NFL jobs for more money at Michigan? Yeah. Like, duh. That's what everybody does in every profession ever. Like, that's how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, like, part of it is that I think what he has done at Michigan over the last several years to go from what they were in, in the 2020 COVID year, where they were horrendous. I mean, they were awful. To flip that and go to the playoffs back-to-back years, to beat Ohio State back-to-back years, to win the back, Big Ten back-to-back years, and then position themselves. Next year, they're going to be a preseason. I think Top they're going to be a pro- three. three. I, I mean, I, I think you're going to have Alabama, Georgia, Michigan are going to be one, two, three. I don't know what order it's going to be in. Michigan is not losing a game again until they get to Ohio State. Like, it, it, that's going to be the first time 
I said that this year too when they got pushed against Illinois in the second to last game. Michigan's schedule's horrible again. Like they're they're gonna roll through this thing, eleven and zero, going and, and Ohio State's gonna have to come into Ann Arbor, breaking in a new quarterback in that rivalry, and Michigan will have a ton of people back. They've got a ton of experience. And now it's a mental thing where listen, they now own the Buckeyes mentally. Say what you want, I don't know who you like, I don't care. Mentally, Ohio State's got to be able to flip somehow flip this thing, and I don't know how they're going to do it. They got to do it quick, though. Now, I had Harbaugh left this winter for the NFL. What do you think his uh, coaching legacy at Michigan would have been? That he turned the program around. Honestly, like that's that's what it was. He, I was ready for him to be fired after the COVID year. I was two and went two and four. Yeah, and they, and they were bad. I mean, bad. I, I was ready to move on. I thought. I thought there were a lot of people out there that could do what he was doing. And then he went and totally redeemed himself. And what he's been able to build this thing into, like, nobody does what Michigan does anymore. Like, no, it used to be that you were recruiting so that you could stop spread offenses and you had to recruit a bunch of DBs and fast linebackers and you wanted to edge guys to get after the quarterback. No one cared about recruiting D tackles. Now, everybody in the Big Ten has to think when they're recruiting, how do we stop Michigan? So you have to think about, like, from a recruiting standpoint, win the line of scrimmage. Jim Harbaugh has literally changed the dynamic of recruiting in the entire Big Ten and f- just flipped it on its head. Because now you have to think, okay, gosh, to, to win the Big Ten and go to the playoff, like, we better be able to stop the run, which means you better have big, beefy defensive tackles. You're still going to have to have guys that can get after the quarterback on the edges. Linebackers better be pretty good. And, oh, yeah, like, you're going to have to – still recruit DBs because J.J. McCarthy can still throw it when he has to. So, so he's flipped. I mean, you think about what he's flipped. Like, it, it's impressive. So that's his legacy is that he turned Michigan football around. It was, in, it was going from Rich Rodriguez and, and Brady Hoke, Michigan was, and when Jim Harbaugh after that COVID year, Michigan has seen some really, really low, dark days. And I've been watching Michigan football since I was, I, I mean, I went to my first game in Ann Arbor in 96. It was as bad as it had gotten, and I was worried about it. And for him to totally flip it like that, unbelievable. So obviously there's been a lot of speculation regarding Juwan Howard and what's going on with the Michigan basketball program. Who do you think ends up staying at Michigan longer, Jim Harbaugh or Juwan Howard? That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, I, haven't, I guess I haven't thought about it. I'm going to say, say Juwan because I think like that NFL thing is still in the back of Jim Harbaugh's head. And, and all it's going to take is one franchise mm-hmm. that's willing to say, okay, we're giving you the keys to the entire thing. Just one. And, but we've gone two cycles now. And we're talking 15, 20 teams that have fired coaches in two years. You've gone two cycles now where nobody's wanted to do it. Somebody's going to. Especially if he wins again this year. Somebody's going to say, listen, like we have to do it. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Juwan's there longer, simply because. Although you know, I mean, God, you, you go look at it like I thought he'd have to stick through through when Jet was gone. Mm-hmm. Jet might be a one and done. Like Jet Howard is, I think he's a late first round draft pick right now. When you look at size, potential, lineage, all those kind of things, like Jet Howard is probably a first round draft pick in the NBA next year. So if he leaves. 
You know, Jace certainly isn't going anywhere. So does does Juwan stick around for you know two more with Jace? I don't know. They got they got to they got to figure this thing out too. Like struggling this year, so like they got to figure this thing out too. It's interesting though. I haven't really thought about that. Now recently, it, it has uh, seen that there has been a change in the guard of the Ohio State Michigan rivalry. Yeah. What do you think this means for both the programs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like to me, it's like the, the dynamic of this thing has shifted. Like. You saw after Michigan beat them this year, Ohio State fans lost their minds on Twitter. Like, Ohio State fans were doing some, like, mm-hmm. going to crazy dark places. It was like, what in the world are we talking about? Ryan Day has lost, like, four games. Yeah. Like, what are we talking? And people wanted him fired. Like, what are we talking about? Like, we have gotten to a place. Were you that guy? Were no, you? absolutely oh, not. Okay. okay. No, Josh was not like, no. But here's the thing. Like, we've gotten to a place, and I, I think this is a, a society thing where, you know, we, we want to win now. We want, you know, ah, transfer portal. Bring these kids in because we've got to go win a natty right now. Deion Sanders bringing in everybody because Colorado's going to win. Now. Anybody that thinks – I'll say it right now, cameras, every, mics – there is zero chance Colorado is in the playoff next year. Zero. Period. Stop. Like, it, it's not going to happen. Like, that can't – you cannot bring in – I mean, we're talking about you're going to bring in, like, 60 new dudes and try to get them all to go in one direction right away like that? It is not going to – that can't happen. Is Dion going to go in and win games simply because he's bringing in a bunch of talented dudes? Yeah. In two years, could Dion have them in the playoff? Yeah. But it, that, like, you can't just snap your fingers. And, you know, I, I think Ohio State fans have become spoiled, honestly, because yeah. you get spoiled by success. Like, and, and that's, like, listen, it's a great problem to have. Like, it's awesome. But you can't lose one football game and think that the sky is falling. Like, you, you can't be in that place. Like, I get the expectations are that high or whatever, but, like, you have to peel back just a little bit, like it, because there, there's a play, like there's reality, and then there's where Ohio State fans are. Different universes. They just, they just are because listen, Ohio State has had so much success. They've won so much that they they just don't understand. Georgia fans will be in the exact same place. Okay, if Georgia loses a game next year, people are gonna say, "Oh, what's wrong with Kirby Smart? Oh God, where's Georgia going? What's happening?" Like, I don't think they're going to because the schedule's absolutely pathetic. Yeah. But like, now, if they, don't win, if they don't win the national championship next year, people are going to start, like, oh, God. Like, people are doing that with Nick Saban. Like, oh, God, what's wrong with Bama? Like, what are we talking What? Somebody, la- somebody last night was talking about, on Twitter, about Jim Harbaugh's, his legacy, and, oh, the guy's not a winner. There are, like, six active coaches in the world who have won Super Bowls. Like, six of them in the whole world. So does everybody else suck? Like, no, of course not. Right. So, like, we have to get to this place where we don't – You can't. like, it's not just national title or Super Bowl or bust. Like, there, there's, there is, like, a sane place somewhere in the middle where you can be. I think this next one's pivotal because if Ohio State were to lose again, that'd be th- three in a row. And I'm yep. not saying anything drastic would okay. happen, but yeah. it definitely mindset. You're like, all right, that's one, first one. Yep. You know, they were tenure, you're due. Yeah. Two – they come in there in your home building, and yep. I'm, they embarrassed you. Yeah. Like you full out. I expected 
we're yeah. going to win this game. And they full out just yeah. came in there and dominated you. Yeah. The third one, if it got to that point, not I'm not sure if it will or won't, but that would definitely be, you're like, okay. If you want to freak out after the next one, all right, fine, freak out. I'm fine with that. You want to freak out at the next like one? Three, I'm not saying freak out, but we got to evaluate <laughs> something. Something, something will happen systematically. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and listen, I mean, you look at this thing. What has Ohio State done in this offseason to address the defensive issues? What can they do? To address the defensive, Lathan Ransom coming back? No, uh, no, no. What is Ohio State going to do? Just this off season, and I'm not talking schematically. I'm talking a pure toughness standpoint, mindset. How how do you flip that like that? You have to have guys, and like, I think in recruiting they spend so much time. You can get all the five star wide receivers you want. You can get all the get your five star quarterbacks, whatever. Ohio State's offensive line next year, they're they're losing a few dudes. Yeah, are, are you going to be able to replace them? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But defensively, are you, what have you? How have you gotten no. better? Because guess what, all those dudes from Michigan, almost all of them are back. Yeah, We're, offensive line is going to be just as good next year. Quarterback's going to be better because he had a year. You get Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards back. Receiving core minus Ronnie Bell all back. Colson Lovell yeah. was a freshman. Yeah. So how are you going to fix it? I think personally what they've, they've gotten away from this simple dominating the line of scrimmage on defense. When you look no. at their national team, they've had dudes up there who could get to the passer, and I haven't seen have that in recent years. Who They just can't get to the quarterback. Yeah, and like I think everybody kind of thought Zach Harrison was going to be that guy when he came in, and I he struggled a little bit. Yeah, but. I thought you know Zach Harrison's a good player. Like he's, I think he's really good. He can be great potentially. Like, but I just and you know when Michigan lost out on him in recruiting at the last minute, like I was like, oh, it's terrible. But like, you still got to come in and, and do it. Like you still have to be a, you still have to go be a five star. So it's it's a matter of doing it. Now you've had the ability to interview many different coaches throughout your career. Um, such as Coach Harbaugh. Who has been your favorite interviewee and why? Uh, it wasn't a coach. My favorite person I've ever interviewed was Ernie Harwell. And you guys probably have no idea who Ernie Harwell is. Detroit even Tigers. No yeah, Detroit yeah. Detroit Tigers broadcaster. Um, so Ernie Harwell was my favorite interview I ever because he was he was kind of like my idol. He was the guy I, I looked up to as a kid. We play baseball in the back. I sound like I'm a hundred years old. Jesus. We we'd play baseball in the backyard and we'd put the radio on and we'd listen to Detroit Tigers baseball on the radio as we were playing in the backyard. Like that's what we did. You you listened to Ernie Harwell and we played baseball games back there. And he was always a guy. So I got my own radio show in two thousand seven ish. Ish, whatever. Uh I had my own radio show. We were paying for airtime on uh, Fox Sports Radio, twelve thirty, mm-hmm. and we had so we had a radio show, and I wanted on my show, I wanted Ernie Harwell so bad, and so I finally, I eventually got Ernie Harwell's number because I was adamant that I was going to get it. And again, this wasn't like I was sliding into Ernie Harwell's DMs. You can't do that anymore. <laughs> like that's not a thing. Um, you, you actually had to call like his house phone. <laughs> And so I, I remember I was on the air one day and I looked at my phone and I saw Ernie Harwell was calling me and I legitimately like freaked out like a schoolgirl. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like Ernie Harwell's calling me. We got to commercial and I had a, I had a voicemail from Ernie Harwell and it was, hello, Jordan, this is Ernie Harwell, uh, returning your call. Give me a call back. And I was like, Pow! mind blown, right? 
Mm-hmm. So I called him back, got him on the radio show, and I actually was able to interview him on TV as well um, right after that. And it was just one of those moments where it was like, you know, they, they, I, I will tell you, don't meet your heroes because normally they're not uh, what you wanted. Ernie Harwell was everything I had hoped for. He was as nice as it could be, just so cool. But I, I have. I've interviewed a lot of really cool people. Um, like I had a moment go viral with Jim Harbaugh a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't, I still to this day can't understand why that, like what happened it there. It seemed to me like a pretty simple it question. Was very easy. Like, but he, you know, I don't know if he, you know, he, he wanted it to be a thing, I think. Anyway, uh, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people, and, but Ernie Harwell is always the one forever that will stick in my mind. Like, I've interviewed Justin Verlander and I don't know, name the player that's come through. Like, but Ernie Harwell is always one that sticks out to me because that was like one of those, Meet your hero moments, and it was really cool. Now, if you had to pick one thing about your job at WTOL, what do you think is the thing you like the best about it? Telling stories, by far, no question. I I tell people this all the time. Like, I have been able to travel to Italy twice. I've been able to go to Spain and London for my job. I've gone to the Bahamas twice. I've been all over the country for my job, all over the world, I guess. And... By far, my favorite thing that I do is, is get to tell stories. Like, I, I love finding that story that nobody knows about in the area. Like, that little, that little feature nobody knew about. Yeah. Because there's nowhere else you can get that. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, ESPN's not coming in here and, and telling stories about local kids or local athletes. It's just not, not going to happen. So... To me, that's always been my, my favorite thing. I, I love sharing stories. I love telling stories about people that have overcome things and still found a way to be great. Like it's, Those are definitely by far my favorite moments. Now, what would you uh, consider the most difficult thing to be about your job? Uh, it's not even something physically about the job. I mean, it's like, it's the hours. It's... You know, missing uh, my daughter's dance recital because I'm out of town for work. Like those are the things. Like you don't, I mean, you don't think about that when you're 21, 22, 23. Like you don't think about those things. But now, like I'm as I get older, like those are the things that like, like kind of, you know, you don't want to miss stuff. Like you, I'm only gonna. There's only gonna be so many dance recitals. There's only gonna be so many cheerleading events. There's only gonna be so many of those things that you get to do. And then she's gonna go off to college and. She's going to turn 16 or whatever, and she's going to be like, yeah, I'm good. Later. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I know I get it. Like, it's coming. And, and, but, like, I, those are the hardest parts of the job is the, the time, the time commitment and the actual physical hours. Like, I mean, she's in school all day while I'm at home. When, I'm, when I go into work, she's on her way back home. So it's like, I, you know, FaceTiming her to see how her day went and things like that. So I got a little deep on you guys here. You didn't realize this was – you didn't realize we were going there, but – it's uh, that's definitely by far the hardest part of the job, by far. I love the job. I love it. Like I, I love what I do. I, I've been doing it f- since I was, what, eighteen, nineteen years old. I'm thirty-seven now. I've loved every single minute of it. I, I do. It, it's, it's the coolest job in the world. I'm in my hometown. You know, I, I had a guy the other day come up to me. He's like, "Hey, don't you want to go to a bigger market? Aren't you gonna leave us?" And I'm like, "No, nah, man. Like this is, this is my hometown. This is." I love it here. I don't, I don't, I don't need that to go on. Now uh, let's pump over to the NFL here for a little bit. Yeah. The first thing I want to talk to you 
I get all about. serious on you guys, and you're like, yeah, hey, slow down. <laughs> let's, let's, let's get back to the sport. <laughs> Come on, sports guy. Talk about sports. How, uh, how did you become a uh, Buffalo Bills fan? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so I, uh, growing up as a kid, I was very much a bandwagon fan as I first started watching sports. Um, I, I loved the Chicago Bulls because they had Michael Jordan. I loved the Buffalo Bills because they went to four straight Super, Super Bowls. Bowl. They lost every one of them. But I went to, I, 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 I mean, that was a team that was, you know, it's, it'd be like a kid today growing up a Kansas City Chiefs fan in Northwest Ohio. Like, they're on TV all the time. Like, the Browns and Lions stink. Uh, so, so, like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be a fan of them. My dad was a Denver Broncos fan for some reason. He is a huge John Elway guy. So he, he still is. But I... I don't know. I, I love Thurman Thomas and, and Andre Reed and Don Beebe and like I loved those guys. Like Jim Kelly. Uh, like th- there were so many guys I loved on those teams. Bruce Smith. I'm missing a billion. But like I never. And that's the thing is like you can be a bandwagon fan, but you have, once you pick one, then you got to stick with it. Okay. That's always kind of been my philosophy. Like yeah, I am absolutely. A bandwagon fan of the Chicago Bulls and of the Buffalo Bills, uh, to a lesser degree the Detroit Red Wings because they were really really good when I was growing up. Um, I grew up a Tigers fan because that's the Mud Hens Tiger connection was pretty easy. Um, my dad actually is a huge Buckeye fan, and my brothers and I we just like to cheer against him. <laughs> we, th- we thought it was funny, so we're like, "Yeah, what the heck? We'll go be uh, Michigan fans." And my aunt actually took me up to the big house when I was little, and I played in a hockey tournament up there and kind of fell in love with Ann Arbor, and I loved it, so that's why I got there. But, yeah, from a Buffalo Bills, Chicago Bulls, straight up, I was 100% a bandwagon fan, and I just stuck with it all these years. Now, uh, let's kind of keep sticking with NFL here a little bit, talk a little bit about your reactions to Wild Card Weekend and what you're looking forward to next weekend in the divisional. Well, my Bills made me sweat it out. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was, did it, they it was like, Oh, my Lord. Yeah, I, I was a wreck the other day. It was terrible. Um, I, I think... I think this like this Bills team they've been through so much. Like it has been this year has been an emotional roller coaster. And I'm not even talking like the DeMar Hamlin thing, like, yeah, that's recent, but like you lose back in like week two Micah Hyde, who's like the heart and soul of your team. And Micah Hyde was that. Like Fostoria guy. Micah Hyde is the heart and soul of that team, and you lose him week two. And then it just starts to trickle. You know, Tredavious White hadn't played a bunch. Then Von Miller gets hurt. So then you're taking your – you had your three best defenders not on the field for a lot of the season, and they were still like the top defense in the NFL all year. But I, And then DeMar Hamlin happens, and then there's, you know, the snowstorm, and, and you're playing different places. Like, the Bills have been through a ton. Like, I mean, there's a lot to wrap your mind around. And, like, you think, oh, well, they're rich, and they do all these – like, they're still humans. So, like, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, I think the Bengals are actually going to beat them this weekend. Um, I hate wow. saying I hate even putting that energy out into the universe, but like I do. I think the Bengals Joey are going to be. I, I just think the Bills' secondary right now is they're they're thin, and they're they're piecing this thing together with shoestring and bubblegum right now. And I think you face a Bengals team that can throw it a little bit. I think they're going to be in trouble. So there's that. I think the Chiefs are going to roll the Jags. It's going to take them a minute mm-hmm. because. Traditionally, what happens is the team that had that buy, it takes them a minute to get going. So, you know, if it's scoreless after a quarter or whatever, don't be shocked. 
I'm saying bet the under bet in the first the half. Under. All right. Um, <laughs> so, I, I it, generally speaking, could take a little time to get going. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are going to roll in that one. Uh, on the other side, you know, Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. The Eagles, I think, are going to roll the Giants. I think the Eagles are going to roll them. I'm interested to see what happens in that Niners-Cowboys game. Yes, it'll be a good one. Because I, I want to see how Brock Purdy reacts. To the spotlight, Dallas Cowboys. It, like, listen, it, it's Prime fun time. and cute. It's a great story. Yeah, but now you've got to go play the star, and you have to do it, you know, with – and that Dallas defense is – like they showed Stingy. last night, they're pretty darn good. I'm interested to watch. I, I don't know what's going to happen to the Niners-Cowboys. I think the Niners are going to win. I think they're really good. I think the Niners are really good. Um, and, and Brock Purdy's been – Better than I thought, but you some of the, if you watched that Niners game the other day, like yeah, he was good, like they dominated, whatever. There were a couple moments early in that game where tip ball throw just behind a DB drops a ball. Like there's a couple moments if you go back and look at it where like that thing could have gone south for them. You can't do that against uh, Trayvon Diggs. You can't do that with Micah Parsons breathing down your neck. I'm intrigued. That's all I'm saying is I'm intrigued by that game. I don't think the Cowboys are going to win. It intrigues me. That's definitely to me the the most. The Bengals Bills game is going to be really intriguing too. Like, I, I think those two teams are very very good, I, and I have no idea what's going to happen. I hope the Bills find a way, but I don't know how they will. So yeah. two two things real quick. So yeah, Bengals money line so the Bills win, and then also, um, do you think Brock Purdy keeps his job? I that's a it's an interesting thing. Like I I don't know. I I think like you just traded a bunch of draft picks to get Trey Lance. You traded, like, a bunch of stuff to go get Trey Lance because you thought he was the guy. Now you have Brock Purdy who, is he the guy? I don't know. Do they know? Maybe. We've got a couple more games to figure that out, I think. I just don't know how you go and get rid of a guy right away after he doesn't lose. If he gets you to the NFC Championship game, plays well again. And we're not even talking, like, he's not, like, managing, just managing the game and getting by and blah. Like, the dude's throwing for 280, 290, 300. Like, he's, he's not, you know, it's not that he's just not losing it. He's winning games. Like, he's playing well. So, that's an interesting question. I, well, I, it's a good problem to have, I think. Because, you got I me. Mean, we're talking guys under contracts and stuff. But then egos get in the way. Jimmy G's out for sure. But other than that, I don't know. Now, if you had to give me one right now, what do you think your Super Bowl prediction is? <sighs> Here's the thing. The Bengals, for some reason, own the Chiefs. I don't know why. The Bengals, for some reason, own the I think if I'm being safe, though, I'm going to say... <laughs> I'm going to say Chiefs-Eagles just because I think Philadelphia can beat you a lot of ways, and I think they've got an easier road to get there than the Niners do. I, I think yeah. having to play Dallas and then have to play the Eagles and you have to go into Philly... If I have to go with it, I'll, if I have to make one, I'll, I'll yeah. go there. Could it be dead wrong? Yeah, probably. So bet whatever I, whatever I said, bet the opposite. Now, obviously, Dallas just knocked Tom Brady out of the playoffs. Do you think he's going to play next year or somewhere? Yeah. yeah. His, his ego ain't going to let him go out. His, his ego ain't letting him go out like that. I, I don't think so. I, I think, And I think there's enough teams out there that are interested in him that, um, that it would allow for him to have a job. Yeah, like I... I don't think I don't think he's done. Nah, no way. Can't go out like that. So now we're gonna hop into this uh, week's rank it segment, where we will give you a topic and ask you to rank it one through five. 
We're going okay. to do, have you do the NFL power rankings. So rank your top five teams in the playoffs. All right, I got to think here now. Um, I still think I, I still think the Chiefs are the best team. I just I do. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna start from the top. Go Chiefs one. Okay. Eagles two. Mm-hmm. And then I'm gonna go Bengals, Bills, Niners. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good list. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I mean, I who got knows what to make of the three. Niners? Okay, Niners at three. Then where are you, who are you bumping? Who are you bumping? You bumping? Bills go to five. Bengals. Go Bills to go to five. Yeah. I, that's a tough sell. I'm yeah. not personally. I've never been. The Eagles have been great, but I'm not completely not sold on them really personally. Like I'd go. I'd put the Eagles at three. I think the the Chiefs. And the Bengals are right there. Mm-hmm. Maybe Eagles and Bills right there, and then I'd go yeah. 49ers. I think the four, they're good, but I just think I'm no, not completely sold on the no, Eagles. I, I could hear arguments you could, either you way. You could easily put the Eagles at five, yeah. in my opinion, too. But I can that's hear, just where I, I, can, I see I it. can hear arguments either way, for sure. I also just noticed that you wore your Mall Mall Me shirt tonight. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I just noticed that. I... I <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm like, you know, I, I wonder if he'd even if I like put it on, if he'd like comment yeah, on no, it or I, say something. Yeah, I, uh, no, like, I didn't notice it. Until, <laughs> I didn't notice until this moment, but yeah, <laughs> unbelievable. I carve out an hour, an hour and a half of my day for you guys. This is unbelievable. No respect. I was also supposed to wear one, but I could not find one. Oh, <laughs> that's so what you said. So that's the what he said. So Tom, this was premeditated, is what you're saying. It was premeditated. <laughs> well. Uh, Wow, sorry, I'm I'm not being disrespectful. I just got to check uh, because I am still oh, on the clock. No, technically, yeah. I'm just want to check. Uh, you got some yeah. Oh, wow, Toledo's yeah. absolutely pounding. Wow. Okay. Didn't that, Rocket's been a bit of a slide this year. I feel like, but Bowling uh, Bowl, Green getting slapped. There's a lot of uh, good young quarterbacks in the NFL. Who would you say the top three are currently in the game? Young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. Done. Easy. Yeah. I'm. I, I, yeah. That one. I. I can. In. In. You know. I don't see an argument, on, honestly, outside of those three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Hurts probably is getting up there. Uh, he's had an unbelievable year. Um, I don't see any way you can make an argument. I think I think Justin Herbert's going to end up being an absolute stud. Mm-hmm. I think he needs an offensive coordinator that is going to come in and be – he needs an offensive – if he had like a Brian Dable, like if he had Brian Dable – Justin Herbert to me is a, a top four quarterback in the league. He doesn't have it. He hasn't had it. And I, it, but I think the kid. I think the kid has. He's got a lot of talent. Ridiculous yeah. tools. Have, uh, fired their head coach. Who's I that? Think, should the Chargers have fired their head coach? Uh, I think it might be coming. It, personally, it, it, they fired their coordinator. They fired. Yeah, they, I, I think. Coach. I think they fired Lombardi, their offensive coordinator. I think that was kind of a, hey, listen, heads have to roll somewhere. So he's kind of going to be the guy we fall back on and has to. He's got to take the, the brunt of it. So, I don't think they're going to fire Brandon Staley. I, I mean, listen, he's had success. Like, did they blow that game? Yeah. Did he play some guys he shouldn't have in Week 18? Yeah. I think ultimately, I think he's. Fi- I think he'll be fine for this year. Oh, um, how many more? How many questions you guys got on these we, things? We have quite a bit. Holy cow! You guys really did the work on this thing. Yeah, I All did. Right. I, I also, oh, good. <laughs> okay. He's hey, let, take the credit. But. No, listen. That's listen. That's fine. There's all. There's. Uh, I. I always like to actually. Def- I, I like to deflect. Say, so yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, just give credit. Like, yeah, man. Absolutely. He's a rock star. Give credit. Makes him feel good about himself. Then you come be the star, right? 
I also, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll give him. He did 90% of the questions on this one. Yeah, no, 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 one. Take pride in my work. But yeah, that's good. Right. That's good. You should. You should. Who what is, else you guys got for me? Hit me. All right, next question. Uh, who has had the best high school atmosphere for a game? I, it, what you guys do for football is, I, I, I mean, right now, second to none. Like, nobody's, nobody's better than you guys right now. Like, that's – it's crazy. Like, you, you walk in, and, like, sometimes we'll, like, have to – well, you know, we'll show up second quarter or second half of a game because it's, like, our second stop somewhere or something. And you walk in, and it's just, like, that big, intimidating, huge – uh, stands you have on that home side, it's absurd the way you guys have gotten this thing going. Like it's, it's no joke. That, to me, it's the, to me it's the best. Uh, it's the best in the area right now. There's some good ones though. There's some good. There's some really good ones. Uh, but I think you guys are probably the best. And I'm not saying that just because that, that ain't my style. I like to ruffle feathers. So throwing a softball like that's I like to ruffle feathers too much to just give it to you guys. But yeah, you guys are. I appreciate that. <laughs> now, obviously, as you were just checking your phone, scrolling through the Mac scores, part of yeah. your big part of your job. What would you say the uh, current state of the Mac is? It's in a weird spot. I think. I think there's some things that the Mac does great. And I think there's things that the Mac does that just aren't good. Like, I personally, I, like, there's part of me that loves midweek Maction. There's part of me that hates midweek maction. Like, you know, we, we've got this thing where, you know, there's some, if all midweek maction games started at like 7 o'clock, done, I'm in. I wish they'd start some at like 6.30. And the, the problem is, though, you're starting some of these midweek maction games like at 8 o'clock. And we're talking 11.30, 11.45 before some of these things are even getting over. It's, it's silly. Like it, I, but I'm also like an old curmudgeon about that, about start times. Um, I think there's some good things the Mac has done, and there's some bad. I I don't think that they have enough eyeballs, um, and I think that's it's not a marketing thing because I I think they're marketing. I think they do a pretty good job. I I think there's some spots that the the commissioner needs to put them in better. Um, I think embracing the fact that they are kind of the wacky Mac, mm-hmm. like I I think you have to embrace that. Like they they are like they're you know, the midweek Mac and all those things like. You have to embrace those things because, like, you're not a power five. Like, you're just not. Like, that's just part of it. Um, so embracing those things. But it's a mixed bag. There's good. There's bad. There's some things they need to do better, and there's some things that they, ha- they just aren't doing great. Now, how would you say that the uh, transfer portal has affected the MAC? Again, some good, some bad. I, I, I think, you know, I, I actually talked to Scott Leffler, the BGSU football coach, about this uh, a couple weeks back. It's it, there's an overwhelming amount of BGSU players that have gone into the portal, and have had to actually tra- they go into the portal thinking one thing and get some bad advice, and have had to transfer down, and then they aren't playing when they when they get to these new schools. Yeah. Okay. Th- those are that's an issue. Like guys, people players are getting bad advice. Like everybody thinks, oh, I'm going to hop in the portal and I'm going to go play in a Power Five. Some people just aren't. I mean, there's not enough scholarship. Like, you only get so many scholarships. Like, and the, the the cool thing for me is that like some of like what BG just got. You know, former Indiana quarterback Connor Bazelak the other day. So there are some guys coming down. Like, it's giving a chance to some guys who weren't getting playing time at these Power Fives. Like, Judge Culpepper at Toledo was a defensive lineman at Penn State. 
and transferred down to Toledo, and he's played a ton last two years. Um, he's helping his potential NFL draft stock. Um, Dallas Gant at Ohio State. It wasn't working out. Cool. Mm-hmm. Come back home and play. Like, it's it's there are some really cool stories like that where guys are benefiting from it. So, uh, obviously, as you were scrolling through there for MAC basketball, there's been a lot of talk about how the MAC doesn't get enough teams in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Do you feel that the MAC should be a two bid basketball league? For sure, most a lot of years, yes. I, I think there's been a lot of years where it's possible and it should. There are some years I think, and they're gonna kill me if somebody hears this. I think this year's. <laughs> I think it's a bad year for MAC yeah. basketball. It's a bad year. I think there are a lot of really bad teams. Um, but some years, yes. Because like, I know recent years, Toledo's had some teams you look at them, you're like, this team is just coasting through the MAC, and then all of a sudden they lose one game in the tournament. And yeah, it's like, and it, it's, and, you know, we've, we've put this, this emphasis on those three days in Cleveland, and, it's, and that's your whole season, and it shouldn't be that way. If, if a Toledo team goes and wins 24, 25 games – I would love to see a second MAC team in, as opposed to like an eighth Big Ten team. Yeah, like, like we know what that eighth Big Ten team is. Like, so you know they're they're a five hundred team who, you know, I, I don't need it. No, that eighth SEC team or six, sixth or seventh, I don't need it. I would much rather see a second MAC team get in as opposed to that for sure. That's where I'm at. Now, food is always a big talking point on the show, so we wanted okay. to know what are some of your favorite restaurants in the Toledo area. Oh. Hmm. Uh. So I'm a I'm kind of a burger guy. Like burgers are always like my burgers are my thing. Um. And there's a, there's a lot of I'm not, I can't give you I'm not gonna say a chain I can't do a chain or anything. If you want local just local purely local restaurants I I mean you can expand if you want but no 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 no, no. I, I I think we should be giving love to these local restaurants. Um. I I'm not saying this because we're here. I love sidelines. Like sidelines, and I, I go to the sidelines in Maumee, and their menu is just so huge. Um, there's so many different things. Like you could go like seven straight days and never even touch the same, even anything close to the same thing twice. I love sidelines, and they. I also, um, Eric, who runs a couple of the sidelines, is a is a friend like him. Uh, there's a lot, but there's a lot of good. I'm a, I'm a Rudy's guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love Rudy's. Like, you know, there's a Rudy's Paco's debate, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I'm a Rudy's guy for sure. Are you, are you saying no? Am I wrong? Oh, you're, you're Rudy's? Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. She, I just want to make sure she, Tony she Yeah, make sure she was Team Rudy's over there. Uh, God, uh, now I'm on the spot. I'm trying to think here. Uh, love Shorty's. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Mancy's restaurant. And, um, Nick Mancy Shorty, who he just passed away. God, was he so good to me. He... Um, he he took a chance on me when I was a college kid with a radio show, and he actually sponsored our our radio show. And he was such a good dude. He just passed away a couple months back. Um, shorties, I love shorties. They actually for a little while they had on shorties menu they had strack and cheese. <laughs> uh, that I, it, we, it was uh, mac and cheese. There it was their their mac and cheese with uh, grilled chicken strips cut up. Uh, and breading, and then they would, they would, I wasn't a, I didn't need the jalapenos, but you could also add the jalapenos on it, but like, grilled mac and cheese, uh, grilled chicken with mac and cheese, oh, I could do that, like, almost every day. 
That's uh, I eat. And here's the other thing is that people might not know. I eat like a child, so um, I'm the pickiest. I will tell you. I'll tell you this, guys. It's gonna blow your mind here. <laughs> I don't eat any vegetables. Like I'm that, not exaggerating. Some for some reason does not surprise I, I'm me. I'm not exaggerating here. I've never had a salad in my life. Are you being serious? Like I'm. De- I, listen to me. I'm dead serious. I've never had a salad in my life. I, I've never. I don't eat veg. I've never. I've never. I don't eat vegetables. Corn. I'll eat corn. <laughs> okay. All right. Like I no vegetables. Like I'm just totally airing myself off for no reason. But I'm. That's okay. I am. I'm the pickiest eater in the history of the world. It's pathetic. No, it's pathetic. You can say it. It's fine. So speaking of burgers, uh, <laughs> Joel, what is that uh, monstrosity you got over there? So this uh, this monstrosity is called the knockout burger. It's a uh, grilled cheese for the top bun, half pound burger in between, and then. Uh, you weren't exaggerating. It really yeah, is. It is a massive burger. It is also fantastic. And then topping it off with another grilled cheese on the bottom bun. Very good. And thank you to Sidelines for allowing me to be able to order this every time I come in. That I, is. Uh, yeah, it looks good. I mean, like there's obviously lettuce and onions and tomato and stuff on there that I wouldn't mess with. But like, it looks good. Are you gonna get after it? Uh, Why don't you take, take a bite for the camera listen, there, Julie? No, come, come on, come on, come on, take, Joel. Take, take one. Take a bite for the camera. I, I want to see how you even eat a. Grilled yeah, how do you attack this? I mean, look at this, folks. You can't see it. Oh, grilled cheese it? burger. Grilled it cheese. Like he's got a cup of mayo on the side. On, like he's a, about to drown. Had a oh, kid. Yeah. Had that's, a kid. That's always. It's always good TV when people eat on TV. Oh too. man, it's good. I like that. How is it? Now, if we're gonna give it like a portnay. Fortnite rating here. You took one bite. Everyone knows the rules. What are we? What are we going here for the knockout burger? Got to be an eight five. Eight five. Wow, that's no a rookie solid. score either. I like no. that. That is a solid score there. We you will definitely be ordering that again. I'm sure. Yeah, as I it is the go to here. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting it again. I like that. That's so a uh, that's a that's a lot. This is a kind of a. Broad question, but I I want to hear what you have to say about this. What is your one bold prediction for 2023? It can be sports. It can be pretty much anything. What is a bold prediction that you have for this year? Gosh. Uh, well, it can't be anything about the Tigers because they're terrible. Um, gosh, this is a really hard – a bold prediction for 2023. Um I'm trying to like go through different sports and stuff. Yeah. Uh, no, this is terrible. No, I, I, this is terrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, all right, all right, sure, all right. I don't know how bold this is, but like, it's okay. Michigan is going to beat Ohio State for a third time. They're going to win the Big Ten for a third time. And I, I think this is the year they're mm, putting this out of the universe. This is the year. <laughs> th- this will be the year that they're going to finally. Do it. Get they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. All right. That's yeah. that's they're, what they're going to win. They're going to win the national championship. I think they're going to win the national championship. There it is, folks. You heard God, it here first. George Strack. I put the Michigan twenty twenty national championships. The Strack curse is now officially it. on them. Oh God. Why would I do that to myself? All right. Well, there you fine. go. Thank you for no, that. No. Yeah. I can't take it back now. <laughs> All right, George. <laughs> we're going to get into our final question of the. All right. What is one word that you would use to describe Jordan Strack? a lot of words I um gosh that's a really tough question I would say um ambitious I, I I think I I love from a purely professional standpoint I am 
I, I put everything I have into my job. Like I, I work. No one will ever be able to say that I, I'm not a hard worker. Like I, I would, and I don't ever want to put myself into a position where someone could ever question the work ethic or the work I do. Like I, I work really, really hard at this thing, and I care a lot. Like caring would be the other one because I, I do. I care a mm-hmm. lot. I think I, you know, I care about. I care about our our I care about our our hometown. I care about, um, I care about people. I I that's I I would say that maybe more than anything. Like, you know, I I started my Christmas giveaway that I I've done this year. We had to take a pause. It's been a crazy year for my family personally. Um, my mom is kind of the quarterback of our Christmas giveaway that we do every mm-hmm. year. And my mom this year, that poor lady, she is just a straight up trooper. Okay, she. So my mom had, she lost her left leg. Oh, boy. She lost her mom. Oh, jeez. Her brother was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, boy. Yeah, she's had surgery on both of her eyes this year. Whew. My dad had surgery. I had a major surgery. Wow. 2022. So, yeah, it, it was, Ooh, a, baby. there was a lot that went on personally in uh our lives so we we took a year off from our christmas uh giveaway that we always do we're coming back next year though and i i couldn't put it i couldn't throw that on my mom she wanted to trust me she wanted to so bad she's like listen i can do it i can do it you know she's getting up she's moving around in the prosthetic now she can cruise a little bit she's like i can do it i'll be good like mom i can't i'm not gonna do it to you this year let's take one year off people understand we'll get back next year and be even better so caring would be the the other word because I I do I I I I always want I think every kid deserves to have a Christmas I think that's mm-hmm. such an important thing or whatever it is you celebrate that time of year holidays are very important to me and family and all those things so caring and ambitious uh, I, I I did too sue me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank I, you. I love what you guys are doing yeah. too by the way like let me tell you like. I think what you guys are doing is so cool because I wish I would have had this kind of a platform, this kind of ability when I was in school. Like we didn't have, like we could make like a a crappy little editing on on a cheap editing system that we had at Mommy. Mm-hmm. We didn't have this ability, but I tell kids all the time when I go to speak in schools, do something. You have the ability nowadays with phones and technology to do something, and you can get such a head start on it. I did it by announcing Toledo Storm games from the stands when I was like 10 years old. You guys have the ability now to do things like this. And anybody who wants to go radio, TV, journals, whatever it is, you wouldn't do or not this at all. I don't care. You have the ability. And anytime you can get yourself in front of a camera and get more comfortable, um, it's always a good thing. I, I think it's so cool what you guys are doing. I was once in your shoes. I once, as a senior in high school, I actually, I went to a last story and I'll stop boring you. As a senior in high school, I actually did a 60-hour mentorship program with Gary Sensenstein, who was the weekend sports anchor at Channel 11 back in the day. We, it was through school. We basically had to follow somebody around in the professional field that we loved uh, for 60 hours. I called Gary. I said, Gary, I'd love to do this. He said, all right. So I was once in your shoes. So that's why I feel like the obligation like to give back because somebody did that for me. So like now you guys need something like this. Like, hell yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm in. Because I, 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 I was once in your shoes. I know exactly what it's like. So I want to be able. I want to make sure that uh, carve out some time for you guys. Come hang out with you and do this. Mm-hmm. And it, it was fun. I appreciate you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We truly appreciate you Absolutely. taking out some time of your very busy schedule to come 
chat with us. Also, thanks again to our sponsor, Sidelines. For Shout them out, baby. Partnering Let's up with us it. and letting us record here at the new Perrysburg location. Next week, we'll be back here once again at our new home, Sidelines Sports Eatery, interviewing Brendan Graves, BG soccer goalie, and Perrysburg nice. alum. This has been episode 15 of Inside the Hive, a Jacket Sports Network production. Joel, it's that time again. It is that time, Jack. To the moon, baby. To the moon. (laughs) 